Hello, this is Chloe Rose Ramsey in Cover to Cover, the second episode, and today I'm going to talk about The Jungle Book, which it's a really good book. After I started reading this, I decided I want to go to India one day. It makes it sound beautiful, and I'm sure it is. So I think everyone knows about the movie The Jungle Book, but the book is actually several different short stories that take place in India. The first one is... Um, it's about Mogi, who grew up with a pack of wolves, and Mogi means little frog. So Mogi's parents, I believe that his father was a woodcutter, and they were out camping, I guess looking for more wood for the village, and this old tiger came up, and he killed Mogi's parents. It doesn't describe it much, but this this tiger is lame in the leg, and he doesn't play fairly. And this isn't even his territory that he's on. He's on the wolf's territory, and they're not happy about it at all. And the little baby escapes, and he finds his way into mother and father wolf's den with their wolf babies, and the wolf's take him in. And the tiger's terribly angry about this, because he thinks that the baby's his kill, and the wolf's chase him off. Because the tiger's actually a bit of a coward. I don't know what the tiger's name is. I do not remember. They're all Indian names, so I probably couldn't pronounce it anyway. But it's about Mogi growing up in the jungle. His mentors is the panther and the bear. And they watch over him, and they're kind of his guardians. Wolf. Wait. No, the bear's name is Baloo. I believe. I have never seen a Disney movie. I've just heard of it. I really don't like jazz music. So I've never seen a movie. I don't really intend to, but I know what it's about. And I know in the movie he hangs out with the bear a lot, but the bear and the panther are his influences as he grows up. He lives with the wolf tribe, wolf pack. He helps them out. And... I think at one point he goes into a human village. He's actually been in a human village before, and he leaves. And this is old India, where there's little villages made of mud and twigs and such. And at one point, the wolves drive him out because the leader of the pack had died, and a tiger took over as the leader of the pack. And he drove Mogi out. So he went to live in a village. And he finds his mother. His father had died, but his mother's still alive. She isn't sure that Mogi's her baby. But he looks familiar, and she believes that he is. Mogi doesn't quite understand what's going on too much. It takes him a while to learn English and learn how the villagers live. But there's something about him that never seems right to them. And every day, he's supposed to go out and help cowherd. The Indian children go out, they take their cows or maybe their goats. I don't know which one. But they take their cattle out. They leave them out all day to graze. The children play in the dirt. And I don't, that sounds very boring to me. But they go and they make little houses out of mud and things like that. And then they take in their cattle back to the village every day. And the tiger, 
he is coming after Mogi. He wants to kill him. Mogi knows this. So he's staying away from him. But around the end, they get into a very big fight. And Mogi kills the tiger with the help of one of his, one of his wolf brothers. And he kills this giant tiger. One of the villagers sees him communicating with this wolf. This giant tiger he's killed. And they believe that Mogi might not be natural. They think he's something supernatural. Because back then in villages and stuff, they believed in witchcraft. They believed it was an evil thing. So they drove him out. And he came back. He had killed the tiger. He comes back. He becomes the head of the tribe of the pack. And he becomes their leader. And this first story, I don't care about too much because I've heard of it before. What something's, what is something very interesting about this chapter? I'm sorry, I feel like I'm stampering a bit. But what's interesting about this book is that the chapters each have a poem at the beginning of it. There's one in particular I really like, but I haven't got to it yet. Because it's in another story. Let's see if I can find the end of it, because it's very interesting. Oh, I went right past it. So, the first story, of course, I think it's called, hmm, I'm not quite sure what it's called. It doesn't actually say. Yeah, it doesn't actually say what the first story's called. But at the end, it says... Oh, right. So he doesn't become the leader, but a few of the wolves go away with him, and they become their own pack. And it says at the end, so Mogi went away and hunted with the four cubs in the jungle from that day on. But he was not always alone, because years afterwards he became a man and married. But that is a story for grown-ups. I love that ending. And that's probably why in the movie version there's a girl he likes. The next story I like much, much better. It's called The White Seal, and this is more about the aquatic life around that country. And like I said, at the beginning of each chapter, there's a poem. And this one's called The Seal Lullaby. I read it and I absolutely loved it. Oh, hush thee, my baby, the night is behind us, and black are the waters that sparkled so green. The moon o'er the cumbers looked downward to find us, at rest in the hollows that rustled between. Where billow meets billow, there soft be thy pillow. I'll weary wee flipperling curl at thy ease. The storm shall not wake thee, nor shark overtake thee, asleep in the arms of the slow swinging seas. I think that's absolutely beautiful. Let's see if I remember what this one is about. I don't know why I remembered Metamorphosis better than this book. This book's even better than Metamorphosis. Metamorphosis. Oh my gosh. I am. I am not with it today, am I? And this one is about a seal. Obviously. It's called the White Seal. And it's about sea lions. And this seal's very special because he's a white seal. And like with Mogi, it's about the seal growing up. And... 
he goes, all the seals, they migrate every year to a certain island. And this island's very crowded, and they look for mates. And the male seals that get in big fights, they sometimes kill each other over these fights. And this young seal, he grows up. He goes to the island each year. It's lovely. But there's hunters. There's people, and they would go, they draw the seals away down to their farm, and then they bash their heads in with shovels, I think. And they'd sell the skins. And they almost did that to this little seal. Let's see if I can find what his name was. I don't remember what his name is. Let's see if I can find it. Hmm. I'm looking. I'm looking. Looking. Yeah. I think his name is Kotick. I'm not sure. But it says, it says Kotick, it's spelled that way, it might be pronounced differently. But they almost gave, they almost take Kotick, the hunters do, but they decide not to because he has a white coat and they believe that might be a supernatural thing, that he might be a spirit or a demon or something similar to that. And Kotick, he goes searching for a new island to migrate each year to because the island they're on, there's poachers, so it's not safe for them. And he travels a real long way, and he eventually, he finds this place. It's hidden beneath a cave, I believe. Or you go through this tiny little thing through an underwater cave, and then there's this beautiful land. And he goes and tells the other seals the next year, and they don't believe him. And so he goes there with the certain girl seal that he likes, and they stay there. That's their home. And everyone else is poached by the poachers. But I actually, I have a coloring book that has quotes from the junk book in it. It's such a pretty book. It has um, a little short biography about the author and stuff in the back. And there's a certain quote from the White Seal. No cradle is so comfortable as the long rocking swell of the Pacific. I love that line. In this book, it's just about the beauties of wildlife and of nature. I think a lot of people relate to the Moby story more because a lot of people like wolves. I might get a chance to discuss Call of the Wild eventually in one of these chapters, but I'm not sure yet. Right now I'm trying to find another good poem. There's so many good ones in here. Oh, the next story is called Rinkatinkatabby. I love that one. When I was little, they made a cartoon short of it. I think it was made a really, really long time ago, but I used to watch that every once in a while. I got this thing from the library and I had four shorts in it, four old-fashioned ones, and one of them was Rinkatinkatabi. So cute. It's about a mongoose, and he's taken in as a pet by an English family that are living in India. Because back then, I think that a bunch of people that lived in England, they went over and they lived in India when India was part of their territory. Yeah, their territory, I think it was, because they took over India. And Rinkatinkatavi, there's a very heavy rain, and he almost dies in a flood. 
and they find him nearly dead, they nurse him back to health. And Rinkatinka Tavi ends up to be a very good pet because he keeps away all the poisonous snakes. There are apparently a lot of different poisonous snakes in India. Actually, that makes sense. Yeah, I could imagine there being lots of poisonous reptiles there. And the little boy that lives with the family, Rinkatink, he's basically his pet, and he protects the little boy from all the dangerous snakes. There's one snake in particular that he kills. It's a black cobra. And the black cobra's wife goes and decides to try to kill the little boy. She sneaks into the house for the bathroom and is going to go and kill the boy in his sleep. And Rinkatink comes up and he kills the snake before the snake can kill his friend. And for some reason, it describes that Rinkatink's eyes become red when he's about to attack a snake. Snakes and mongooses are mortal enemies, by the way. Not quite sure why, but they hate each other so much. And then the mother snake, the black cobra's wife, she has a bunch of babies. She has a bunch of eggs. And she tries to protect the eggs from Rinkatink, and he kills all them. And there's also, there's a little bird that watches Rinkatink. He's kind of friends with him, and he kind of finds him annoying. But that's not really that important. But it's just about a pet mongoose that kills snakes. That's the whole story. It sounds pretty silly, but it's so cute. And there's another poem at the end. I really like the poems in this book. They're so pretty. Where Rinkatinka Tavi's friend, the bird, sings a song about how brave he is. Let's see if this is a good one. Yeah, I believe it just talks about him killing that black cobra. I'm not sure if it'll make sense. I don't have time to read over it first, but I'm going to read it. Singer and tailor am I, doubled the joys that I know, proud of my lilt through the sky, proud of the house that I sell. Over and under, so weave I my music, so weave I the house that I sell. The bird's making a nest, that's what it's describing. Sing to your fledglings again, mother, oh lift up your head, Evil that plagues us is slayed, death in the garden lies dead. Terror that hid in the roses is impotent, flung on the dug hill and dead. That's the snake that he killed. Who hath delivered us who? Tell me his nest and his name. Rinka the valid the trill, tinka with eyeballs of flame. Rinka tinka tinka the ivory fangs, the hunter with eyeballs of flame. Give him thanks of the birds, blowing with tail feathers spread. Praise him with nightingale words. Nay, I will praise him instead. Here I will sing you the praise of the bottle-tailed Rinky with eyeballs of red. Here Rinkatinky interrupted and the rest of the song is lost. That's what it says at the end of it. And the bird thinks of Rinkatinkatavi as his hero because snakes tend to eat bird's eggs a lot. There are two other stories in this. I believe the last one was just okay. Oh geez, I only have five minutes left. So the fourth one, I think, I believe I'm correct, it's about elephants. And they are owned by the Indian government. And it's just about a herd of elephants that work in the Indian government carrying things. And there's a certain place that the elephants meet up sometimes at night in the forest. 
it says in here that there's this one thing that elephants do. Sometimes in the forest, there will be big circles while the grass crushed in the jungles. And they believe that it's an elephant meeting place. And it's all about that. And this one little boy who lives in the group that's traveling using the elephants, he learns about the elephants. They're called elephant ballrooms. Yes, they're called elephant ballrooms because they think that the elephants dance in the elephant ballrooms and that's why those big circles are all crushed. I gotta, I gotta do this real fast. Yeah, and that's just, that's a cute one. I tried to look up elephant ballroom. I couldn't find a thing about it. I don't know if that was just made up for this book or if it was a superstition in India. Excuse me. Apparently they had a lot of superstitions back then. And I think that's completely fine. I really like Hinduism. I find that religion very fascinating. So maybe that's another reason I like this book, even though it doesn't discuss it in big details. Hmm. And all of these are basically just animals' lives and about the beauty of Indian wildlife. And the last one, oh geez, what is the last one about? I'm looking through it. I've tried to take notes before. My grandma said the other day, when you take your podcast, you should write down notes of what you're going to say. And I've tried that before and I run out of things to say within about 10 minutes if I take notes because everything's too easy, I guess. So instead, I just scan through the book and I talk about what pops in my head and what I find in here. This last one, it's called Her Majesty's Servants, and it's about a group of animals that are being taken care of by the Indian government. And I believe, let's see, hmm, I'm not sure about this. Oh, right. There's this one person that's traveling with the Indian government, with the animals, and he can understand what the animals are saying. And he listens in as all of these, all of these different kinds of animals talk to one another. And they don't really say that much. They just talk about what they do in the group, the elephants, the bullocks, the horses, the moles, moles, oh geez, I can't say that word, and the camels. And they talk about their the things that they do in this group. And I think that there's a really big storm and they're all frightened by it. And they're talking about this. Anyway, I'm sorry that I didn't do too well in this one, but I haven't read this book in a while. It is a great book though. Just definitely look into it if you'd like to learn about other cultures. And speaking of which, I think in a few weeks, I'm going to have a certain once of the month episode to go along with this, where me and my family will try foods from different cultures. Because my aunt, she has, she's part of this program that sends her a box of food from another country once a month. And something that you can learn a lot from books are different cultures. So I thought that would be a good idea. 
Anyway, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to my last podcast, which I'm sorry to say was better than this one, but I think I did pretty good. And next week, I will be talking about the fifth Wizard of Oz book. So listen in. Thank you so much for listening to this one, and goodbye!